So I was not planning on speaking this morning, but um, Brian had to go handle something. He may or may pop back in, but that's okay. Um, I had spoke on Thursday night, and I was highly interrupted by my grandson. So I, honest to God, don't even know what I said, because all I could hear was him screaming in the background. So um, I was a little bit distracted. So we're going to start over and pretend that Thursday never happened. So if you weren't on the call Thursday night, this will be a new lesson to you. If you were on the call Thursday night, maybe um, I'll say something. I'm sure I'll say something I didn't say on Thursday, because I don't even know what I said. Anyway, um, so I want to talk about uh, Jonah, and if I was going to title this the message, this is the message that um, I would title it, and I taught this to the um, teen class on Thursday, and we were going to, I mean, on Sunday, and we were going to add to it, so you teens, we're going to add to what we talked about last week, and um, so I would ask this question, what would you do when the word of the Lord is presented to you? And I think Jonah is such a great example. And there's, you know, a lot of examples in the Bible because the word came to so many, you know, so many people in the Bible. And it came different ways. Um, some, uh, Jonah, we're going to talk about, Jonah was a prophet. And the Lord um, s- spoke to his uh, prophets. He spoke to Moses face to face. It doesn't exactly say how the word of the Lord came to him. Um, the word of the Lord came to prophets or people in the Bible in dreams. We know that um, Mary and Joseph, whenever she was pregnant with uh, Jesus, the word of the Lord came uh, to them in a dream. So there's many different types of ways that God speaks to his people. But the question is, is that when he does speak to you, what do you do with it? And <clears throat> so there's a couple things that I want to talk about. I want to even back up before then. Because we, you know, we talk a lot about believing and believing the word when it comes to you. And there's first, I'll go back as as what I think. The first thing is, is that God has to draw you, right? So you're never going to come if God doesn't draw you. And that's a work that God does. But then there's also a part of you where you have to have a willing mind and a willing heart to even be drawn, right? I mean, if God's going to draw you, you have to be willing to do that. And then we talk a lot about believing, and I believe personally that God even imputes the ability for you to even believe. He imputes that to you. So we talk about believing the word when it comes to us, but what about this? We sometimes go back and forth in our mind. Was that God? Was that not God? Was that the devil? Who was speaking to us, right? So that's another whole problem with the whole believing thing. But um, so... If the word of God comes to you and you believe it's the word of God and you know it's the word of God, like in Jonah here, Jonah knew it was the word of God. There wasn't a question in his mind, is this the word of God that's being spoke to me? So we're talking about when the word of God comes to you and you believe it. And you know, when you um, believe the word of God, when the word of God comes to you, there's an accountability to that. Uh, There is accountability on that word that's given to you. And what are we going to do with that word that when it comes to us? So I want to, we're actually going to read off and on throughout the whole book of Jonah. There's only four chapters, so um, don't get too scared. Um, and I would encourage you to go back and read it. You know, the book of Ruth, there was only four chapters too, but um, it, there's just so much in it. And I'm not going to even begin to cover everything in uh, Jonah, just like in Ruth, because there's just so much that God puts in these, um, in these books, even though they're so small. But uh, we are going to talk about Jonah today. Um, Jonah 1 and 1 says, Now the word, of God, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amadi, saying, So the word of the Lord came to him. And there was no question in his mind, Is this the word of God? And you're going to find out why. 
Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You know, this is kind of comical to me because this is what I see Jonah doing. I see Jonah, the God telling Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to preach to that great city because they're wicked right now. And you know what Jonah says? Mm, Nope. He runs. Where's the first boat I can get on? Here's the fare. Get me out of here as fast as I can possibly get. I am going out in the middle of the ocean where God can't find me. You know, that's what he did. He hopped on a ship thinking that he could Escape God, I guess. I, I don't, he obviously wasn't thinking. Um, <clears throat> so um, there's a couple of things that were working there with Jonah. Number one is rebellion. He was, he was being disobedient. He was being di- rebellious to the word that, um, that God gave him. And it was, it was really his own lust because God wanted him to preach to Nineveh, and he didn't want to preach to Nineveh. You know why? Because he said that God was a merciful God. And he knew that God would have mercy on them, that they would, um, that he would preach to them, that they would humble themselves, and they would repent. And he did not want them to do that. Isn't that kind of crazy? And, you know, we say that, but, you know, Brian taught a message um, several, a while ago. Have we ever told God no? Yes, we told, tell God no all the time. Now, do we think that we're as blatant as Jonah and we're just going to be that rebellious? No, but I promise you, in your actions and the things that you do, you do, you do tell God no. What about when God presents a truth to you, especially when you know it's the truth, and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to believe that. You're telling God no, I don't believe you. And, you are, and, we do, and I say this because we, me, <laughs> we do this all the time and we don't always catch it. Um, and the thing with Jonah is, is that it was just so, it's so obvious that he told God no, but we do it all the time. And really the other thing that was working in Jonah that I was thinking about was his own lust and his own desires and what he wanted. And just like in, um, the beginning in Adam and Eve, when God told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, it was their own lust that was working there. They, you know, they were curious. Adam was young, but they wanted to do what they wanted to do. So we tell God no all the time, and a lot of it uh, results in our own lust, our own wants, wants, what we want or what we don't want, because we always think we're right, right? We do. Brian tells me that all the time. <clears throat> so, um, so I'll finish uh, with what happened when, with Jonah. So Jonah gets on the ship thinking that he can escape God, and I'm sure you know the story. And it's like I've said, this is so funny. I have, we have taught this in Sunday school for years, right, that there was a big well that swallowed up Jonah. But have we really read the whole story to find out why there was a well that, why? Well, we know he was disobedient, but why? So that's what we're going to get into to today. Um, so he goes out on the ship, and all of a sudden, you know, the winds, there's a storm, and um, the people on the ship, they're really scared, and they're like, hey, uh, what's going on here? And they cast lots, and they're like, which one of you guys has done something that, you know, it, there's a problem here, and we're all going to die if we don't get it fixed? And, um, of course, a lot falls on Jonah, and Jonah's like, yeah, it was, it was me. The problem was that, you know, I disobeyed God whenever he told me. And uh, he said, just take me back to, just take me back to land. 
and uh, they couldn't get the boat back to the land. So the Bible says that um, <clears throat> God had prepared a great well to swallow up, swallow up Jonah. And uh, he was in the belly, they call, it was hell. He was in the belly of hell for three days and three nights. And you know, I don't know about you, but whenever you get in turmoil in your life and you get into a place of hell in your mind and your thoughts, man, that's a great place to cry out to God, right? And that's exactly what Jonah did. He began to cry out to God. And um, I want to read in Jonah 2 a little bit. Um, because, and this is some of the cry that Jonah has unto God. And, but there's one portion of scripture that I really want to look at. It says, Then Jonah prayed unto the, unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou hearest my voice. And there's a scripture that in the Bible that says, uh, Whether I lay my, where I lay my bed, even if it's in hell, uh, God will hear your voice. So it doesn't matter where you're at. Don't ever come to a place that you think that God can't hear you because that is absolutely not the truth. You get down to the very lowest. Jonah was in hell, and he cried out to God, and God heard him. So there's not a, no matter. It could be really good, or it could be really God. It could be really good, or it could be really bad. But God still hears your voice, and he still hears your cry. He hears the cry of his people because he loves them. Even Nineveh, they were doing evil. He was sending Jonah because he loved them. He wanted them to come back. Um, For thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods come past me about, and, and thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward the temp- temple. The waters come past me. And he's telling the story of what it's like in hell. The waters come past me about, even to the soul, the depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains and the earth with her bars with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought me up from life from corruption, O Lord my God. This is what I want to emphasize. When my soul fainteth within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came unto thee, unto thine holy temple. And it goes right after um, that to say that he delivered him out of hell. But I want to talk to you about this scripture, very particular. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came unto thee, into thine holy temple. And I was thinking, there's another place in the Bible that talks about remembering. And it doesn't use those exact words. But if you look at the prodigal son, the Bible says that after he went and spent Everything that he had, righteous living and everything that he did, which was evil. He wasn't supposed to do those things. After the prodigal son did everything, you know what it says, if you remember? It says, and then he came to himself. You know what he did? He remembered everything his father had done for him. He remembered every, the life that he had. He was at, the prodigal son was at a place, he said he didn't even have a place to sleep. He, the swine that his father, ha, uh, father had ate better than he did. He had nothing to eat. He had nothing. But the Bible says that he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he remembered what the Lord had done for him. And he remembered everything that he had. And I'm going to tell you, even with this right here, um, when he says, my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. There is something huge to say about that, about remembering the Lord. Remembering the things that 
um, God has done for you. He wants to He wants to join you back into what's His. He doesn't want you to perish. He that's not His will. It's His will that all should be saved, and everything that is God's He wants back. Okay, so after um, I'll finish with the story of Jonah. Eventually, um, we're only in the second second uh, chapter. But so after um, he's swallowed by the belly of the well and he cries out to God, God hears his cry and he says the, fi- uh, the fish vomited him back up. And um, now the word of the Lord comes to Jonah a second time and tells him, go to Nineveh, I want you to preach. And um, exactly what Jonah thought was going to happen whenever he went into, Nin- into Nineveh, um, the king actually told everyone, basically he called a fast, they put on sackcloth and ashes and um, they were, uh, began seeking the Lord and crying out to the Lord and asking him for forgiveness. And uh, they did exactly what Jonah thought they would do when uh, the word of the Lord came to them. Jonah knew that God was a merciful God. And what did Jonah do? He said, I, I'm not, I can't, God said, I can't do evil upon uh, Nineveh because they have repented and they have turned from their wicked ways. And so he couldn't do those things to them, which Jonah knew that God was a merciful God. And it's funny because sometimes we don't want to have mercy on other people. We want God to have mercy on us, but, you know, other people, you know, they, you know why? Because what they did was worse. Their sin was worse than our sin, right? It's true. We do think like that. Well, what they did was really, really bad. And what we did was only that bad. You guys, if it's wrong, it's wrong, right? Um. I want to open it, uh, read in Jonah 4 and 4. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. (laughs) And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Uh, Therefore I fled before Tarshish, that I knew that thou art a gracious God and a merciful God, merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he repented thee of evil. So God repented from the evil he was going to do. But Jonah, there's still a problem here with Jonah because now Jonah's mad because, um, you know, God has forgave them and now he's mad. And so Jonah's going to sit back and, and watch and see what happens to the city, you know, to see if they're really going to do what's right. And, um, and some of this, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not reading scripture, but you guys, I want you to, you know, get the whole thing of the story. So he's going to sit back and watch what happens. And the Bible says that God prepares a gourd um, to hoover over uh, Noah while he's sitting back and watching. But then the Bible says that God takes a worm and sends the worm into the gourd, and it eats the gourd up. Now, the gourd covered, um, it was a shadow over Jonah. So it basically covered him. It protected him. Well, then God sent in a worm to destroy the, the gourd, and Jonah was angry. He's like, now, the, now that the gourd is gone, I have nothing. And basically, God told him, he said, now, wait a minute. You were angry about the gourd that I prepared for you and is gone, but you didn't, um, you didn't keep the children of uh, Nineveh. You didn't watch them. You didn't see them. You didn't grow them. And he used the comparison of Nineveh with the gourd, how um, Jonah was angry with the gourd because it left him. But God didn't want to lose Nineveh. They were his people. He did not want to lose them. And so basically God taught him that lesson through the gourd, which is so funny how, you know, God uses things to teach us that we might not think like, oh, that's a small thing. It doesn't matter. I am telling you, God will use the smallest, you think dumbest things in this, in this life to teach you. And, and here's the big thing. 
if you will let it teach you, if you will let it be a lesson to you. If not, you'll just continue to cycle back into it. So <clears throat> my original question to you was, what would you do when the word of the Lord came to you? So we see what Jonah did. Jonah hopped on a boat, was disobedient, and he fled. But when the word of the Lord came to Nineveh, it was totally different. The king uh, declared that there be a fast, and they repented. So when the word of the Lord came to Nineveh, they repented and sought God, and God forgave them. And, you know, there are several different examples in the Bible. I was thinking about this <clears throat> this morning, about when the word of the Lord came to s someone. And I talked about um, the word of the Lord coming to Joseph and Mary. The word of the Lord came to Joseph after Mary was pregnant, and the angel said, get Mary out of here, you know, get her out of this country. And he did. That's what he was obedient to it. But there's other, and, and all through the Bible, you can see the good and the evil through it. You can see, um, and I was thinking about Peter, you know. Peter, I don't know, he's kind of a, um, a different disciple in my eyes because he, when the word of the Lord came to him, he actually denied the Lord. And he didn't, he didn't think he was going to do that, but he denied the Lord three times, just like the Lord told him to. And then he went back and was sorrowful. So there was also times that the word of the Lord came to them and that they, they repented. So um, really my whole um, lesson is what are you going to do when the Lord, word of the Lord comes to you? How are you going to handle the word of the Lord? Are you going to run? Are you going to act on it? Are you going to deny the Lord and then realize that, hey, I've denied the Lord, but I want to go back and repent? And uh, when, the, when the word of the Lord came to Paul, now, uh, which was Saul at the time, of course, he was blinded for, you know, uh, was it three days he was blinded? Yeah. Uh, but what, he, what did he say? What wilt thou have me to do? That was what the, when the word of the Lord came to Paul, and he knew it was a word of God, and he believed it was a word of God. He said, what wilt thou have me to do? And really, that should be um, <clears throat> all of your um, thoughts and desires. You know, <clears throat> I, uh, I know recently they had said that Don and Gary were going to move out to, to Idaho. And then God dealt with uh, Pastor Dave, and, and there were some uh, Plans changed, and now got now Gary and Don, of course, are not moving anymore. And uh, I had a conversation with Don uh, about this, actually, before even they had even announced that they were not going to move anymore. And uh, I said, Don, I said, what what do you think? You know, because that's a big move. She has uh, three children there. She has grandchildren. Her family, everyone is there in Illinois. And if you're a you know a parent or a grandparent, you know that that's hard to get up and leave your family like that. And, um, and, the, and God dealt so heavy with Don about trust, about trusting him. And, um, and so she, she made up her mind that she was going to move to Idaho. She was going to trust God with her kids. She was going to uh, trust God with everything. And so when the word of the Lord was presented to Don, she was going to move. She was going to leave everything she had. And you know what's so funny about that? And I told her, I said, this is so awesome. I said, what happened whenever you found out you weren't going to move? She goes, I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed that I wasn't going to leave. And I said, you know what the awesome part about that is, though, is that when God told you, required something of you, you said, God, I'll go. I'll do whatever I need to do. And you know what? When you did that in your heart and in your mind, he didn't end up requiring it of you. Just like with, um, was it Isaac? God didn't end up requiring it of Isaac to do that. He was going to see if he trusted him. And so sometimes 
God will try you. He'll put those things out there and say, are you going to trust me or are you going to go your own way? Are you going to do what you want to do? And I promise you, if you trust God, God will always make it right. He's a merciful God, and he loves us, and he is going to do what's right for us. And so I just thought that was so awesome. What a great testimony that um, she was willing to go. She, God dealt with her so much about trust, and at the end, he didn't even require it of her. So that's just, uh, you know, another example of what are you going to do when the word of God comes to you. And I'll tell you one thing you need to do, you need to believe it. <laughs> Amen? Um, that is about all that I have. Uh, I just wanted to, like I said, share the um, story of Jonah with you, which is a great story because it shows both sides of it. And, um, and think about that this week, you know, when the word of God comes to you, when you hear the word of God, what are you going to do with it? And, and sometimes, I don't know about you, I ask myself, I literally... Well, not out loud, because people would hear me and think I'm weird, but ask myself, what are you going to do with that thought? What, what are you going to do with that when it comes to you? And you'll be surprised whenever you start to catch these thoughts in your mind. Bryce, do you have anything that you want to add? Okay. Um, I apologize that um, Brian didn't get to speak, but I'm glad that I got to go back and uh, recoup from Thursday night, because I was uh, very upset that I didn't get to finish what I wanted to say. So, um, are there any prayer requests or anything else that anyone has? Questions, comments? Um, keep Grandma uh, Merle in your prayers and um, Edith, too. I think Edith comes home this week, so keep them both in your prayers. Keep Renee in your prayers. Like I said, I'm going to go see Renee tomorrow, and um, God's been talking to her after all these years. That word doesn't leave us, and um, so uh, keep her in your prayers also. Anyone else? All right. God bless you. Thank you very much, and you guys have a great day.